0: Hey y'all, this is Charlie and you know what, we are, say it with me, we are living, loving, laughing in grace. All right, yes, yay, that was so much fun. Hey, let's do it again. We are living, loving, laughing in grace and of course that we is me, you and Jesus because Jesus is here with us. His presence is with us, his presence is right there with you wherever you're at, whatever you're doing, whatever time it is. His presence is there with you, and He is there to love on you. He's there because He loves you, and because even right now, He is rejoicing over you, and He delights in you. Amen? Isn't that just wonderful to know that we live in this perpetual state where our Savior, our Daddy God, is continuously pleased with us. He continuously delights in us. And you know what, how about we see that about each other as well? You know, even that person that that maybe you're you've been having a little argument with, or, or that, you know, that brother or sister that just kind of gets on your nerves, you know. See them the way God sees them. That he delights over them. He enjoys them. He rejoices over them just like he does us. Amen. Hallelujah. Boy, I tell you what, I am excited. So we're going to jump right on in our word uh, right now. And we are starting off in 1 Peter 5. And the scripture portion that we're starting from, that the Lord is just going to open up his incredible word from, is actually uh, came out of our last series called Don't Give Up. And in that second podcast, the Lord had me pray, uh, uh, speak this as a prayer over us. And since that time, he has continually brought this to pass in my life and I keep experiencing it again and again and again. And he's just drawing me in deeper and closer and and further up, but it has not necessarily come about in the ways I would think, you know, I don't think it ever comes about in the way that I think it would. And in some ways that haven't been so fun. But it's not, you know, God doesn't promise us that everything will be fun, but he does promise that he is using everything for our good. And our good is always his end goal. And we need to keep that in mind. I want you to say that with me, actually. Say, say my good is always God's end goal right? Why did he send Jesus Christ? Why did he give up his son on the cross? He gave him up because his end goal, his end desire, what he desired the most was to save us. That's for our good. Amen. Not his. Heaven doesn't change when Iota, whether I make it there or not. (laughs) My life changes. My family's. Life changes when I look to Jesus, when I draw from him, when I pull from him and you as well, my friend, it is, it is for our good that the Lord desires that we receive him as our savior, that we see that he is the Lord and that he wants to bring us to heaven. It's for our good and the good of our families and everything else. I mean, that's the starting point, right? So everything else in our, in in our life is the same. He is working it out towards our good, even though sometimes it's not so fun. Um, but so we are in first Peter five, verse eight, and it says, be sober, be vigilant because your adversary, the devil walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. So he's telling us to be sober and to be vigilant. Why? Because we do have an adversary. From the very beginning, that's what got us into this mess. Now, not when God created the world in the very, very beginning, right? Everything was perfect and beautiful and full of life. And there was no death. There was no pain. There was no suffering. But our adversary who hates us simply because we bear the image of our creator, child of God, you bear the image of God himself. And the devil can't get at God. So he came to get at man right? He knows how much God loves man. So since he can't get at God, he tries to destroy the thing that God loves, right? Like a jealous, like a jealous ex, right? Like one of those people that have gone super crazy and lost their minds. You know what I'm saying? That's what we're dealing with here. But remember, he has no power. Listen, it goes on to say, resist him. How? Doesn't this tell us to resist him? In the New Testament, God never tells us to do something without telling us the how to do it, giving us and empowering us to do it, working it in us, giving us the desire. Everything comes from him. So he says, resist him steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. So first he tells us to stay steadfast in the faith. Well, what's the faith? Here's the faith, the son of God who loves me and gave himself for me. Amen. The faith is that the son of God loves me and gave himself for me. And I am now the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Hold on to that. That is your faith that no matter What's going on around you, no matter what thoughts are flying through your head, no matter what emotions you might be having, no matter what you've done, my friend, once you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and savior, you are forever the righteousness of God in Christ. That is the faith. And what he does most of the time is to come and try and convince us that somehow we've lost that through our own actions, inactions, our doubts or whatever that we can lose that, but we can't lose something We never deserved or earned in the first place. Amen? Jesus Christ did not deserve to be punished. He did not deserve to be crucified. He did not deserve to go to hell. But he did those things so that we don't have to experience those things. He was punished so that we are not punished. He was crucified so that we are not. He died so that we will not die the eternal death amen, we will get to live the eternal life with our father in heaven. Hallelujah. And you know what else faith is? Faith is simply having a good opinion of our God, believing the best of our daddy, that he wants good things for us, that he has his eyes on us, that he sees that trouble or that suffering or that dilemma that we're in. And that even before we knew about it, he is already working it out for us. He's making the way of escape. He is providing what we need. Amen. And making a bigger deal of him than that problem, right? Just simply remembering that there is nothing that comes into my life or your life that is bigger than your daddy. And remember that he loves you so much that he is not going to let something overcome you. Jesus said that. He said to us in John sixteen thirty three, these things I have spoken to you so that in me, in me, you may have peace. Where, how, who do we have peace? In Christ, we have peace. In the world, you have tribulation, but take courage take courage. I have overcome the world. Okay. So here's what we get. These are our two options out of the mouth of Jesus himself. In Jesus, we have peace in the world. We have tribulation. My friends, let's not be shocked when we see tribulation in the world. Amen. Unfortunately, we let the devil into this world. And so he is still running amok out there right? Jesus has defeated him, but for a time, he is still the small G-O-D of this planet, as it says in 1 John 5 19, but there's a day coming when the Lord will come and establish his kingdom once and for all, but here's the thing, the devil can run about the world, but he can't run about you, he can't run all over you, amen, because our Savior has overcome the world, you know, oh, oh, wow. So excited. So we resist him knowing all that goodness about our daddy, God, knowing who our savior is, you know, it will, it will save you again and again and again. When the, when the devil brings those thoughts, makes you want to question what the Lord is willing to do for you. If you will just come back to this, the son of God who loves me and gave himself for me. And that's, actually how it's worded in Galatians. Paul would quote that to himself. My friends need, we need to learn. Yes, we understand that God loves everyone, but we also need to learn to personalize what he has done for each and every one of us. So we're going to say that again, and you're going to say it with me, right? You say the son of God who loved me and gave himself for me, for me. Amen. Amen. Now, it goes on to say, back to 1 Peter 5, it says that we resist the devil steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. You know, the Lord is so good that um, I got to experience this uh, this week where, uh, I was, I was watching another ministry online and a husband and, and wife had written in to share their testimony and they had shared about, you know, uh, how their life has been impacted by learning about the true gospel of grace. And, um, and, and, uh, just all the marvelous things that, that the Lord has done for them through that. And so much of what they were sharing is what I've experienced myself. But then he, he went on to share how he first came across this ministry and um, started believing for healing for a back injury back in around 2007, 2008. And he's still, he's still, the Lord has done a lot of things in his life, but he is still waiting for the full manifestation of that healing. And can I tell you, I just broke down in tears and wept because that's the same time frame that I was injured and and I could so relate to what he was sharing that yet the Lord has done so much in my life and to know him like I do now is worth the waiting to me because it's the waiting that has drawn me and drawn me and pulled me in and pulled me into him while I'm still waiting but it just comforted my heart to go I think it lets us know see this it's it's okay Here's another believer who believes in the gospel of grace, who believes in Jesus Christ, who knows that Jesus Christ performs miracles and healings. And yet we've been waiting the same time. And that encouraged me, that, that built up my faith. Amen. And and that's why I often share my testimonies with y'all so that it, you know, that the that the Lord can use that to build up your faith as well and to encourage you. And I pray that you're doing that with the people around you in your life too. It is so encouraging for us to to share. Like I said, we take part in our sufferings together, and guess what? You take part in your sufferings together, you also take part in rewards together. Hallelujah, cuz we have a God of rewards. Amen. In fact, it goes on to say there's a whole reason why these sufferings sometimes come in. I'll tell you what, because it goes on to say, "But may the God of all grace, may the God of all grace. He is the God of all grace, my friends, who called us to his eternal glory by Christ Jesus. You know, that's your calling. Your calling is eternal glory, eternal glory. Amen. I want you to say my calling is eternal glory. One more time. My calling is eternal glory. Hallelujah. And how is that? By Christ Jesus. Oh, let's say it again. Say my calling is Is eternal glory by Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. And it says, after you have suffered a while. Listen to this. After you have suffered. I know we don't want to hear that part, right? But what do we already know? What did we already hear of in John 16? That in the world, you will have tribulation. Not from Jesus. In Jesus, we have peace. But in the world, there is going to be tribulation. We're seeing it right now, right? covid COVID-19 is a tribulation in the world that that's not from God. God has nothing to do with death and sickness. The Bible says the thief comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Tell me, has COVID, uh, COVID-19 not brought death and destruction and fear? Yes, it has. But guess what? Does that stop the Lord from using it towards his good and to use it for our good no, it doesn't. In fact, my friends, I hope you see that, that, that the Lord has used it. He has been using it. I hope you're a part of ministries that, that the ministries that are growing and growing and expanding because guess what? In this time where there has been uh, so much lockdown and so much extended time at home and you know, here in the US, we've had a lot more freedoms than most other countries in the world. Uh, most of the rest of the world has still been on lockdown and guess what? It has driven people to the gospel online. People who would never be seen walking into a church or who would have never thought of going to a church. People who live in countries where they can't go to church, where they can't even speak the name of Jesus Christ. It's illegal to own a Bible. It's a death sentence, my friends, in many parts of the world. And yet people are being driven online and salvations are pouring in and people crying out for Jesus. My friends, let's lift up our spiritual eyes and see that the harvest is ripe. It is because the world has been brought to a place where they recognize that the government is going to fail them. Medical science is going to fail them. The only thing that can save them is Jesus Christ. Amen. Yes, we still pray for the government. We still pray for medicine. The Lord uses medicine, but when it comes down to it, our trust Our only Savior is Jesus Christ. And this is the time for us to be taking advantage of that. People are in fear. Why? Because they don't have Jesus. So let's be the one, be that light to shine him out and share the gospel. Hallelujah. So we've got some suffering in the world. But it says, you know, the the Lord, after you have suffered. But but listen to this. Aren't these two, two little words precious? A while after you have suffered a while which means what means there is an end to it there is an end to your suffering I don't care what the devil's trying to tell you what the doctors have told you what your friends what your family's told you your co-workers your boss I don't care what anybody's told you what God is telling you right now is that there is an end there is an end to it. And not only that, but after you've suffered a while, he will perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. My friends, here's the difference in us in the world. When they go through tribulation, when they go through suffering, it's just that. It's suffering. It's pain. It's it's tribulation. But for us, the Lord is using it. That suffering will be used to perfect us, to establish us, to strengthen us and settle us. You will find yourself in a higher place than you were before. You will find yourself more settled in your spirit. You'll find yourself with a greater Faith in your Savior, a greater understanding of who He is, and and just easier to rely on Him and trust in Him, and even more in love with Him. You know, I constantly fall more and more in love with Jesus because He's constantly showing me how much He loves me and being faithful to me. That's what the Bible says. It says, when we are faithless, He is faithful. And can I tell you that when He's faithful to me, when I've been faithless, it has never one time made me go, all right, I can be as faithless as I want, and God's still going to be faithful to me. No, my friends, it brings me to tears. It helps me. It opens my eyes to see how much He loves me, and it brings me to a true repentance, as it says in Romans 2, 4, that the Lord leads us to repentance through His kindness, through His kindness. Amen. And we're actually going to go back and look at an couple of Old Testament stories where we're going to get to see this exact scripture come to life and watch how beautifully the Lord does it and watch as he again and again and again proves his faithfulness. Amen. So he he wants to perfect you. Now, now this, your spirit is already perfected, right? When you receive Christ, but we all know our, our outward part, right? Our, our mind and our emotions that can always use some perfecting amen. And, um, so he perfects us, establishes us, strengthens us, settles us. And it says to him, be the glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. I want to tell you something to him. Be the glory means he's the one that does this. Not you and me. We don't try to strengthen ourselves. We don't try to settle ourselves. We don't try to perfect ourselves. We simply look to Jesus, which is what we're going to see these, uh, people, these other people did. We look to Jesus and he's the one that does all this in us to his glory. Doesn't say to my glory. If I'm expected to work, then it would be to my glory, but God wants all the glory. God deserves all the glory, which means we got to let him do all the work. Hallelujah. Amen. So we are going to jump on back now to the book of Daniel I love the book of Daniel. It is just chock full of riches for us. And uh, we're going to talk about three, three teenage boys that you're probably familiar with. Uh, most people know them as uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. But their original Hebrew names that they were given that I, I love to say because they just sound so beautiful. Their original Hebrew names were Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah just beautiful. But you're probably familiar with these three guys and you know that they had this incredible faith, a faith that was so unyielding, a faith that was so established and perfected and strengthened that when they had the choice to either bow to an idol or be thrown alive into a fiery furnace, that they chose to be thrown into that fiery furnace. They didn't even fight. They chose it. And um How many you think, you know what? I would love to have that kind of faith. I would love to be in that position. And as we'll see, you know, they were in peace. They were in complete peace as they went into that fiery furnace. And guess what? They were in peace and joy when they came out of that fiery furnace. And it's like, I mean, really, really try to think about this, right? If you've ever been burned at all, you you know how much it's not fun, right? And it says this furnace was so hot that the men that threw them in died from the flames. So I just think about like when we have, we like to have a little campfires out here and it's like, you know, when it gets really good and roaring from a distance, as you walk up, you can feel right. You can start feeling the heat as you get closer and closer. And sometimes it gets to the point, you know, where you got to stop and can't even get any closer cause it's so hot. And you know, they went through that with this furnace being this hot, as they were taken there, as they got closer, and closer they would have felt more and more of the heat and at any point they could have bowed their knee to that idol and the king would have spared their lives because he actually really liked them. but he also had a temper and some pride right so they they're getting closer and closer but there's no mention in the Bible that they ever faltered they spoke about the Lord They spoke about his goodness and, 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 and they trusted him completely unconditionally. And, um, growing up, I would hear this story and I mean, it's incredible. Of course, I think I want that kind of faith, Lord. I want to be like Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. And, uh, but how do, how do I do that? And then I'd also, a lot of times heard it preach, like you better have that kind of faith, right? You better know that in that day of, you know, if something like, like I, I would have this picture in my mind that I was just going to wake up one day and, and the Lord would have dropped me in front of a furnace somehow. And, and I'd better have enough faith not to, not to be afraid at all, but I better just, you know, run on in there and enjoy it, <laughs> <You know? laughs> it sounds ridiculous, but I know some of y'all, Grew up under some of the same kind of teachings I have. And that was kind of the impression you were left. Like if you didn't look forward to the option of burning alive, you were kind of like less of a Christian. But what if I told you that this was not the first trial in their life? This was not the first testing that they experienced. In fact, it was the third. And all along the way, the Lord had been building them up. He had been working in them. He had been strengthening them, completing them, perfecting them, establishing them. I believe they would have never even got to this position if the Lord didn't know they were already ready for it. Amen. And say, where do I get that from? I get that from the New Testament parable that we talked about, about the talents where Jesus gave, uh, he talks about the man, but the man represented Jesus and the man gave three of his servants, different amounts of money to use while he was gone. And it says that he specifically gave each of them what he knew they were capable of handling. The Lord is not going to, to put you into a position Or allow you to go through something that he has not already worked in you to be there. And his end goal for you is not the suffering. His end goal is the promotion that comes on the other side. His end goal is the strengthening and the completion and the perfecting, the relationship that you will have on the other side with him. And oh, by the way, also physical promotion, because after this happened, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego were actually promoted to a very high position of honor. But we are going to go back and look at their journey that got them here, because I know it's going to encourage all of us and, and who just let that weight go, that, that idea that you're gonna wake up one day with a fiery furnace at the at your foot at the foot of your bed and have to make a choice. All right, it's you know, now or never, you jump in or what? <laughs> like, the Lord is not gonna do that to you. That's not who he is. Remember, what did we we read is that he is the God of all what? The God of all grace. And we also know that God is love. God is the God of all grace and he is love, and he always has. Our best interests at heart and we will enjoy this life so much more the more we can learn to trust in that the more we can just let go and say all right Lord I'm not enjoying this This isn't where I want to be right now, but I'm trusting you with it. I'm putting it into your hands. I believe that even though I can't see it and I can't feel it, I believe that you are working for me and you have a better place for me on the other side. Hallelujah. And we're already running out of time, so we'll have to look at their journey next time. But uh, we are going to make that our prayer today, right now. And we just declare that, Daddy God, that you continue to work in us Continue this this building us up, Lord, and this strengthening us, this encouraging. And we do cast all of our cares into your hands. Whatever that is right now, I want you to picture yourself at the throne of grace and mercy. In front of your daddy, God, as he's smiling at you, arms open wide and just place whatever that care is, in his lap. And now he's got it. Daddy, God, we believe that you have it. And we are trusting you that it's in your hands. And we are believing you that you are good, that you are grace, that you are love, and you are working for us, whether we can see it or feel it or touch it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, my friends, I'm really excited for what the Lord's got coming this week. Amen. I know he's working some incredible things in your life. He's, um, and he's there with you every step of the way. Amen. Until next time, keep on living, loving, laughing in grace.